Hello, this is Philip Schoenfeld, Editor-in-Chief of Evidence-Based GI, talking with one of our associate editors, Dr. Shriya Kumar, Assistant Professor in the Division of Digestive and Liver Diseases at the University of Miami Miller School of Medicine. Today, we're discussing a recent randomized control trial in the New England Journal of Medicine about postponed intervention for infected necrotizing pancreatitis. And Dr. Kumar's editorial, which she co-authored with one of her colleagues, Dr. Sunil Amin, is entitled Drainage for Infected Pancreatic Necrosis. Earlier is not better. So, you know, Shreya, when you have a patient with acute necrotizing pancreatitis, that's just one of the, the toughest situations to find yourself in as a gastroenterologist because the mortality is so high. Can you just talk a little bit more about uh, what the options are for a gastroenterologist in managing these patients? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I agree. It's a really tough situation. So necrotizing pancreatitis can develop in about 30% of acute pancreatitis cases and subsequent infection of that necrosis almost always requires some sort of intervention. The mortality in infected necrotizing pancreatitis is as high as 20 to 30% and the patients tend to be really quite sick. As soon as you suspect infection in that necrotizing pancreatitis, you almost always implement antibiotics. Those antibiotics are something that can penetrate pancreatic tissue, something like a carbapenem, a quinolone, or metronidazole, and you watch them very closely. Usually infected necrosis peaks about two to four weeks after the onset of pancreatitis symptoms, but of course it presents with a similar systemic inflammatory response similar to the pancreatitis itself, and there can be, therefore it can be a little bit difficult to differentiate from pancreatitis. So it definitely requires a high degree of clinical suspicion. We currently recommend a step up algorithmic approach. So after you institute antibiotics, if the patient continues to have evidence of infection, of symptoms such as pain, nausea, vomiting, outlet obstruction symptoms, you then proceed to drainage. The drainage modality is sort of dependent on accessibility, on timing, and on center expertise. So if everything is available and the collection is amenable to drainage, if it's less than four weeks old, the tendency is to go towards percutaneous or interventional radiology guided drainage. If it's after four weeks and, and encapsulated or walled off, then endoscopic approaches are considered first line at that time. Okay. A couple of points there I, that I think are really important is that infected necrotizing pancreatitis usually develops about 14 days after the initial onset of the episode. And as you mentioned, if a patient begins to develop fever or an elevated white count or an elevated C-reactive protein two weeks into their course of pancreatitis, or if they actually have gas or bubbles in the uh, pancreatic tissue about two weeks out, that's when you know you're dealing with infection. 
there. Now, in this study, they noted that it may be better to delay drainage of these patients. But do you want to discuss a little bit more about what the authors wanted to investigate here? Yes, absolutely. So a lot of our understanding about infected pancreatic necrosis is from the surgical management era. So at that time, it was thought that delayed uh, delayed management of infected necrosis was ideal. And we've been extrapolating those guidelines. Since then, one of the considerations has been, well, now that we have these less invasive techniques such as percutaneous drainage or endoscopic drainage, should we actually be draining them earlier? Would this be more helpful? Would this decrease complications and improve clinical outcomes? So that was really the driving hypothesis behind this randomized control trial that we're going to discuss today. So again, so the surgical literature told us that if a surgeon intervenes as soon as infection is identified to try to clean out that infected necrotic tissue, that the outcomes actually were worse. Correct. And that surgeons realized that they should treat with antibiotics, support the patient, and wait till walled off necrosis developed before they would intervene surgically. And now we're trying to figure out the same thing for our less invasive approaches. Should we go in and endoscopically try to drain as soon as we recognize the infection? Or is it better for us to wait until walled off necrosis has developed before we try to endoscopically or percutaneously drain it? Um, and that's kind of the crux of the issue. How long can you wait? So, so what did the investigators actually do in this study and what did they find? Sure. So this is a randomized control trial evaluating exactly that. If early catheter drainage of infected pancreatic necrosis is superior to delayed drainage. So they enrolled patients across 22 centers in the Netherlands who had infected pancreatic necrosis and they randomized them to either the immediate drainage arm within 24 hours of diagnosis of infected pancreatic necrosis or postponed, waiting until the necrosis was walled off or encapsulated. The infection was confirmed either by a fine needle aspirate or gas collections on imaging. There were a lot of exclusion criteria within this, including things like previous intervention and inability to undergo either percutaneous or endoscopic drainage or symptoms that lasted for more than 35 days. Ultimately, what the all, all patients underwent was, sorry, uh, ultimately what happened is that patients received antibiotics upon diagnosis of infection and patients in the postponed group could undergo drainage earlier if they required due to clinical decompensation or other clinical factors. And in both groups after their catheter drainage, if needed, they underwent necrosectomy initially by an endoscopic or videoscopic approach and if needed by a surgical approach. And so patients were randomized to either immediate drainage or to wait until walled off necrosis had developed. And I know based on the results, that ultimately was only a difference of about 10 days between these two groups. Um, 
What did they find in terms of complications, mortality, frequency of intervention in terms of the results of the study? So they looked at the comprehensive complication index as their primary outcome. So this is a, a validated tool. It was actually developed in the surgical literature to look at post-operative complications across a six-month follow-up period, and it weights complications based on their severity. It's been used in uh, interventional fields as well, non-surgical interventional fields, and that's what they used here as a primary outcome. But they also looked at death, organ failure, and healthcare utilization, things like number of procedures, length of stay, and cost. In their intention to treat analysis, they found that there was no significant difference among the groups, the immediate versus the delayed group, regarding the primary outcome, the comprehensive complication index, nor was there a significant difference between death, organ failure, and some of the other secondary endpoints. Importantly, though, in the postponed group, patients underwent fewer total procedures, and they were less likely to undergo necrosectomy at a future date. And then one of the more striking findings of this study was that in the postponed group, 39% of the patients improved with antibiotics alone. They didn't need any drainage or any necrosectomy procedures. That, that really struck me that in the group that was randomized to delayed intervention, that many of those patients got better with antibiotics alone and the area of necrotizing pancreatic tissue was small enough, I guess, or, or, or certainly wasn't causing gastric outlet obstruction or biliary obstruction findings that no definitive drainage procedure was necessary in those folks. And actually, the patients who underwent immediate drainage were more likely to ultimately need a surgical necrosectomy and it seemed to me the idea was, you know, just don't mess with the pancreas, leave it alone, if at all possible, and being conservative and just watching it seemed to do a lot better in these patients. Absolutely. I think the, the old adage that we learned in med school still applies. And, you know, I think in, in the clinical scenario, it's quite difficult to, to watch a patient be very sick and despite giving them antibiotics, giving them supportive care to stand by and wait. And this study really highlights the importance of, of waiting if possible. And you know, every patient is different and pancreatitis and particularly infected necrotizing pancreatitis is, is a very nuanced disease. And patients can, can change their, their clinical status very quickly. But if a patient is clinically stable on antibiotics, even if they have a collection that's accessible by the interventional radiologists or, or by endoscopy, it's possible that if you can continue antibiotics, continue supportive care and watchful waiting, that you might lead them down a path that doesn't require any intervention at all. So based on your practice, it sounds like if a patient has infected uh, necrotizing pancreatitis that you do try to wait till it's walled off. And then you're only going to intervene if the patient has symptoms of gastric outlet obstruction or 
symptoms of biliary obstruction um, or other symptoms, and then you'll go in to intervene endoscopically. Um, is that is is that an appropriate kind of encapsulation there? Exactly. So if we suspect infected necrosis, we initiate antibiotics, and exactly as you said, we we attempt to de delay drainage. Ideally, we delay for about four weeks, and then we can proceed with endoscopic drainage and, if needed, endoscopic necrosectomy. If a patient cannot wait, either if the collection is less than four weeks mature, the location is not amenable, or they are requiring, um, or there is something about their clinical status that suggests that they need drainage earlier, we proceed with percutaneous drainage by the interventional radiologist at that point. And I guess another caution here is that sometimes these patients rapidly deteriorate. And in this trial, patients that rapidly deteriorated weren't randomized because, in fact, they died before they could be fully assessed to see if they were eligible for patient inclusion. Um, is there any role for endoscopic intervention when the patient is decompensating that rapidly because sometimes these patients, you know, turn bad very quickly. Yes, that, that's a great point. So in their, um, in their figure, they actually showed all 932 patients that were assessed for eligibility. And of those, 104 ultimately underwent randomization. And that was, of course, partly based on their sample size calculations. But it's important to note that 37 patients died before they could have been randomized. There was also some crossover from the immediate drainage group into, um, sorry, sorry, I have to start that over. There was also some crossover um, from between the groups because patients could not wait for drainage. So it's really important to, to underline that there is a potential for really rapid deterioration. And this is a disease with high mortality and paying close attention is important. Endoscopically, we, we tend to wait until the collection is mature. We say four weeks. One of the things that would be interesting in the future is to identify if earlier endoscopic drainage is possible. One of the things that differentiates endoscopic and, and percutaneous techniques are the anesthesia requirements. So when we do endoscopic procedures, we need a patient stable enough to undergo anesthesia. They're usually intubated and, and down in our endoscopy suite. Percutaneous drainage may not have those same requirements. At the same time, our tools are different and our techniques are different. So we can use very relatively wide diameter catheters. We have tools for necrosectomy that sometimes the percutaneous catheters don't have. So I think one very uh, important question that comes out of this is that for future research, for future trials, is early endoscopic drainage different than what they offered here, immediate drainage with percutaneous techniques? Any other final thoughts before we conclude? No, I think this is a, a really important, um, important study. It shows that waiting and being patient might allow patients to avoid any endoscopic or, or percutaneous procedures. But I think it also highlights that infected pancreatic necrosis is, is a very dynamic process and it's important to pay close clinical attention and make sure that 
all options remain on the table and you're being thoughtful about this at every moment. And one last thought I'll mention, in addition to reading Dr. Kumar's summary in evidence-based GI, uh, she referenced a very good AGA clinical practice update on the management of these patients that I think is also a good resource for our listeners to, uh, to reference. That was, uh, the first author was Todd Barron. Um, okay, with that, we'll, uh, we'll conclude. And thanks very much for talking with us today. Thanks for having me.